Hi. Hi. Good <laughs> evening, everyone. Welcome to Paranormally Blonde right here on the X, your new mainstream. You're here with Didi and Sarah V, and we have a huge show tonight. Yes. Huge. Like, ugh, a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta take a couple breaths. Um, but before we get started, uh, let's go back to last week. What yeah. a huge show that was. World's yeah. largest world's largest ghost hunt we had michelle yeah catherine and rob it was great information like i really hope that um that it got shared that show was shared and i'm really hoping that all of those um that's right michael sleeveless sarah in the room here um (laughs) yeah like i hope that investigators or any enthusiast out there want to join this this one time a year event because it's it's so cool it's it's just as amazing, and they were just the kindest. And then we had some fun with Rob after we yeah, sort of fun. busted his chops a little bit yeah. for the after party and played a game. It was awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, and then the the X conference. Did yeah, you, it was awesome. See, yeah, did I you did. See some, yeah. yeah, was it like just a totally cool event? I I had yeah. a daughter in town, so I did not. I'm have to go back and watch. I know you can. I believe you can go back and. and I hope watch so because I didn't see all of it either. But yeah, I watched. Um, two speakers and it was mostly about um, extraterrestrials and how, you know, they've discovered new things just really recently and how on Tuesday there's going to be governments talking about the, all the stuff. So I was like, I got really excited about it. Oh, I, yeah, I'm excited to sit down and and to rewatch some of this stuff. So if you haven't checked it out, I don't know if you have to pre-register though, to get the, we'll have to make sure race Mm -hmm. kind of, yeah updates us on that but um so that that happened so kind of a big weekend it was prom weekend over here so yeah. got to have, watch my baby do her prom so no more that's over done <laughs> we're done um okay so we're gonna we got a big big show tonight we have um we were you know a door closed uh we kind of had a, a last minute uh cancellation which happens sometimes life happens yeah, we just gotta does. allow guests to, to do what they gotta do um, but you know what? I think uh, the right door opened, and we yeah. are blessed to have the amazing Miss Andrea Perrin. And I'm going to yeah. say her. I'm just going to put it right out there. I hope she forgives me. I can't say that name. It's Andrea. It's Andrea. I I'm all over the place with it. I believe it's Andrea. <laughs> so maybe she can. Um, I know some people refer to her as Annie. I don't feel that I have earned that yet, so I don't want to call her that. But um, so we're going to have lots of time with her. If you don't know her, you're going to be so excited to meet yeah. this human being, this sweet, what sweet a story. Soul. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but before we even get started, um, we're going to do our random question. Okay. Oh, wait, <laughs> before we do our random question. So because this is such a big show tonight, okay. Um, and we kind of noticed this last week because the show was so big if we start to get a ton of questions what we think we're going to do here tell me if i'm correct here Didi. yeah the last 10 minutes we're going to devote yeah. to your questions so put them out right. there um and we'll go back and find them yeah. yeah we'll we'll you know we'll go back we'll look at them and then we can address those with andrea um because it's going to be we got a lot of information to go through so um you know we just we want to make sure that everybody's questions are are uh, responded to, but it's probably going to be hard to do throughout the show. So last 10 minutes, don't, you're not going to be forgotten. Um, so hello to everybody. We have all sorts of people on here yeah. tonight, Travis and Sean and Michael and Bill and Tanya and Dehoot and Rob and 
Melissa. Melissa and Vader Lord. And I don't know. Do I know your name? I, we don't know your <laughs> name. I feel kind of weird calling you. They Vader say Lord, you're beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Well, Sean, empty casket. Do you who? Yeah. 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 We got lots and lots of our friends here. So let's go for a random question before we bring on our amazing guest. And just pick it here. Do, do. <laughs> Hopefully this one doesn't get me in trouble. <laughs> oh, it might. Oh no. oh, no. What's the craziest thing you've done in a car? <laughs> craziest thing. You hey, you guys can answer too on the side. You know, join in on the on the random question here. Crazy. Julie and Terry, you're here too. Um, yeah. I, you know what, Vader Lord? I agree. They should have comic books for blondes. I think they should. <laughs> I should, I, we should be a star. We should, we should start our own comic book. What do you think? Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> All right. Craziest thing you've done in a car. Hmm. hmm. Flipped it. Well, Melissa, that's, oh. hey, Danny, Danny's here. Yeah, that's, that's I crazy guess, and scary. Yeah. I guess the craziest thing I've done is I've driven up on top of a hill. You take like firefighters, like dirt roads, and I've gone up to the top and parked by the satellite tire, the satellite tower. <laughs> okay. Um, and but knowing me how scary i am like to yeah. not drive up hills yeah but i was a teenager so oh i look back i think that was really crazy <laughs> yeah mm. i think it would be i remember when my dad in the early 90s finally got his convertible camaro no it wasn't early 90s it had to be later 90s but he got his convertible camaro and i got to take it i don't know why he'd even allow this i got to drive it from dallas to austin to see my sister and I remember I got it going pretty fast on the Texas highways, <laughs> oh, which, but you made it. <laughs> I made it. And, and that might not really sound crazy, but like just taking your dad's prized possession and just like no regard, just like, I'm going to yeah. drive 110. Like, I'm just going to do it. And, yeah. and you know, we'll he see had to have known that was going to happen. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> But I did survive. Drove a mountain lion to Nor okay, New York City. You've got the craziest stories, Drove Rob. a mountain I'm, lion to New York yeah, City. I, I want to hear more about that. Yeah, I don't even know. Is that true? Is that true? Sledding in the woods while tied to the back of a truck. That sounds <laughs> okay, fun. Okay, Bill. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, let's... Yeah. I don't even know where this conversation is going to go. She was so sweet. She said... You no question is off the table. You can't say that to us. <laughs> Not to you. <laughs> like, uh-oh. So are we going deep? Yeah. What are we what are we doing today? So we're gonna bring on our beautiful guest, Miss Andrea Perrin. I don't even say it right. I don't even know. I, I'm all over. I apologize. No, you're perfectly <laughs> right. It's Andrea Perrin. Okay. That's it. Go. It's actually my last name is French. It's Perron. Well, I can't um, roll my arms. Yep. I love that. And, um, <laughs> and it doesn't mean anything glamorous. Um, in fact, if translated, Perron means back doorstep. That's oh. what it means. <laughs> Look at that. My Polish last name, my maiden name actually means pebble. So there you go. That's <laughs> well, there you very, go. There you go. Small but but that's you wonderful, go. you see, because I'm, I'm in the presence of the divine. This is oh. the sacred feminine energy all compressed into this beautiful show and every one of us is throwing a pebble in the pond mm -hmm. and creating the ripple effect that will uh create vibration and frequency and heal the world you know yeah. that's what we do it's a beautiful beautiful thing this is the rise 
of the sacred feminine energy. We are, as we leave the Piscean age and go into the age of Aquarius, which creates all this tumult and all this upheaval and, you know, all the, the fear and the loathing and the, you know, the everything that's all mixed up together Mm -hmm. um, helps us to, to sort through the filaments and, and to, you know, understand that each one of them has a purpose. And when we are living true to our purpose, then we are infusing each one of those filaments into a divine tapestry that encompasses the entire picture of life. And so it is, um, it is my pleasure. It is my honor to join you. I got uh, an emergency text from our mutual friend, Rob, you know, can you, is there any possibility? And I said, yes, of course. I said, just, you know, give me a couple of minutes between shows. Yeah. Cause I just finished um, soul school sojourn, which is the show I do on Monday evenings on KGRA with my friend, Jeff Turner. And it's interesting. He's um, he's a, a former pastor and about a year ago, I uh, became an ordained minister. Oh, congratulations! Um, because I was doing so much grief counseling, and I, you know, had always felt that calling, and you know, but I was not affiliated with any particular religion or anything. I have a degree in philosophy, which means I had to to study all the world religions, and I've distilled it down to a few very simple key points, and I think that the common denominator in all of our belief systems is um, the the golden rule. And I like to uh, say it as do unto others as though you are the others, mm-hmm. you know, because we are, um, you know, we're all suffering this illusion or delusion that we're separate from each other. No, we're not. Mm-hmm. No, we're all connected. We are all connected. And I think that when you tap into that higher level, that unified field of consciousness, that not only do you have that a, a real true sense of community and, and loving each other on a spiritual level, which aids in our ascension, but it also um, really begins to help people release that feeling of isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, which we've all battled, especially, you know, through the height of COVID, uh, you know, when we all had to become hermits because it was the only way you could show people how much you love them was to stay the hell away from them. Um, you know, I mean, it, this has been a real trial by fire for all of humanity. And, you know, mm-hmm. with all of the the social upheaval and, of course, this horrific war going on in Western Europe, um, you know, it's been a lot to take in, but I also think that it is the most poignant, personal, and uh, profound time for the paranormal to rise to the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I think that because so many of us have suffered losses, profound losses, that this is the truth of it. Uh, that we need to come together in our grief and to provide some tranquility and some solace for each other at this time, because there, but for the grace of God, go I. 
Um, it is, um, this has been a time where, you know, people have died alone um, because they were not allowed to be with their loved ones because they were in isolation in a hospital room. Um, and that has been such a particularly difficult thing. And yet I can't tell you, I cannot tell you how many people in these last couple of years have reached out to me and told me that they've had experiences, paranormal, supernatural experiences for the first time in their lives. You know, that they, it wasn't that they, they didn't believe, but they had just not personally experienced what they were fascinated by. Mm -hmm. And now that's happening. And I think it's the cosmic secrecy of seed, you know, that we have planted our seed in the deep black moist earth and then put so much pressure on it that it has ruptured and each little filament is trying to work its way through that dirt through the earth so that it can spring forth in new life with the light of the sun and that is a beautiful metaphor for how we live and this is our time to be fractured and this is also our time to come together I agree. And, you know, you kind of you touched on something here and, you know, just a quick little, you know, if you don't know, which I would be shocked that anybody doesn't realize this, but um, you are your family is the inspiration behind the Conjuring House. I guess do we call it a franchise. I'm not sure if that's what they refer to it as, but, you know, and so in the scary movie world, right? There is this uh, particular narrative that they throw out there with the movie. Um, I have to be honest, it's not a movie that I've been interested in, but for a whole different reason, nothing about, I kind of, I kind of walk away from um, anything that uses a, a highly uh, Christian narrative when it comes to dealing with paranormal. I, it, it kind of, it's a little bit of a turnoff for me. It's, it's not a, it's not a dig on the people who do that. It's just not for me. Well, um, that wasn't accurate anyway, Sarah. Okay. I mean, that film portrayed the, um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not dissing the conjuring. Yeah. I would not be one of the best-selling writers in, in this genre had it not been for this enormously successful mm -hmm. feature film but hollyweird does not <laughs> give people credit right. for innate intelligence and right. they think that everything has to be juxtaposed everything has to be opposing forces mm -hmm. like this and so the the first film which is the only film that's actually about our family okay. and then all the rest of them are based on other case files of the warrens the Warrens were known as being, you know, devout Roman Catholics and everything was angels and demons. And, you know, I mean, that was, they had their own very unique, distinct perspective on mm -hmm. things. But unfortunately, um, it, uh, it portrayed my family as, you know, somehow godless heathens mm -hmm. and nothing, nothing could have been further from the truth. Right. You know, my whole, my, my, father was born and raised in the Roman Catholic tradition. He attended parochial school. He joined the Navy. His plan was to go directly into the seminary after he served his country. And, uh, and then he met my mother and all bets were off. He fell in love and, you know, five kids later, um, you know, but that was, uh, you know, that was a, a real distortion 
yeah. uh, in the film. Um, you know, I really do believe that, you know, because we were all born and raised Catholic, we were all baptized, we all made our first communion, I made my confirmation. You know, it was um, the Catholic Church abandoned my family. It was not the other way around. And my father was so hurt, so struck by the fact that our priest, because of something my baby sister, God rest her soul, she sat in church on the second Easter that we lived at the farmhouse. So I guess it was around 1972. And the priest um, who was uh, serving mass said, and the father and the son and the Holy Ghost. And April turned to my mother and she looked up in her face with her big bright blue eyes and she said, see mom, God has ghosts just like we do. <laughs> Uh -oh. I love that. At the yeah. top of her voice, her big outdoor voice in the middle of the church <laughs> and all the heads turned. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the priest followed us out of the church that oh. morning and approached my father and, and said, Mr. Perrin, I would appreciate it if you would take your family and worship elsewhere. Wow. My father was devastated. Yeah. Devastated. Here is a man who was as devout as either of the Warrens could have mm -hmm. been, um, did not believe in ghosts, did mm -hmm. not, you know, did not, um, you know, could not wrap his mind around what was happening at that farmhouse until it began happening to him. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he had no choice but to process it. And he was very fearful because he was so afraid he had moved his family into a home where he had absolutely no control over yeah. what was happening in that house. Absolutely right. zero control. You know, the ball is always in the court of spirit. They call the shots. They decide when they are going to manifest, mm -hmm. how they are going to manifest, what energy source they are going to use to manifest. And when you know you move, you know, five little girls who are just balls of energy <laughs> into a, a farmhouse that had for all intents and purposes been dormant uh, mm -hmm. for years with just uh, sweet old elderly Mr. Kenyon living alone in that house, that humongous house. Um, I'm sure it was a shock to the system, to the spirits. Uh, you know, personally, I don't, uh, I can't say that I believe in demons because I've never seen a demon. I've not, but I do know that pure unadulterated evil exists mm -hmm. in the world. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I've seen manifestations of that. Mm -hmm. in that house and uh the warrens imposed a uh seance on my on my parents on my mother um and my father as well that uh threw open wide the doors to the netherworld i believe that the medium that was conducting the seance committed spiritual malpractice and she invited mm -hmm. everything in to determine who the culprit was that was wreaking havoc in the house and it attacked my mother um, there was no, my mother was not possessed. My mother was attacked. She was picked up in the chair that in which she sat at the table and she was levitated about two feet into uh, the air. And then in a fraction of a second, she and the chair were tossed from the middle of our, of our dining room into the middle of the parlor. And when everyone who was present in the house that night, including the Warrens, heard her head strike the floor, we all thought we had just seen her die. Yeah. Mm. And it was the most terrifying and the most 
traumatizing event of my entire life. And I was only 15 years old and it fundamentally shaped me. Mm. I mean, not only did I know for a fact beyond any shadow of a doubt, certain knowledge that there is something beyond our mortal existence, mm -hmm. whatever it was that was allowed to come in by invitation into that house that night was so purely evil that it silenced the spirits. It literally frightened them. Mm. Huh. Wow. And, but two months later, two, two and a half months later, my mother found her way back. And I think that that was the most important thing that happened at the farmhouse because um, she had been wasting away. She had, you know, had been, she suffered a tremendous concussion uh, during that uh, incident. Um, it really did almost claim her life. It was, it was very, very bad. And my father threw the Warrens and their whole entourage out of the house. It was really ugly. Needless mm. to say, that scene didn't make it into the movie. Yeah, well, of course. Um, <laughs> you know, they cherry picked the story. Uh, from the case files, which I'm sure was written to glorify their participation. And my story, which good, bad, and ugly is true every word of it, in uh, my trilogy of books, House of Darkness, House of Light. Anybody that wants to know the true story of The Conjuring, buckle up, buttercups. You will not be the same when you're done reading the trilogy. It will fundamentally change the way you think about literally everything. Mm. And it will open you in ways, it will open your third eye, it will break your heart and then hand it back to you healed. And you won't understand how that happened. Um, and you will feel like you actually lived at the farm with us for the 10 years that we were there. Um, wow, it has man. a profound effect on people that, I mean, a truly significant effect on people um, that uh, seems to liberate them. But all it really does is hand them the key that they've really already, you know, had possession of mm -hmm. to liberate themselves. They just needed a little bit of a little mm -hmm. help. You know, it, wow. this is a, a tremendous time for the paranormal to, mm -hmm. to come to the forefront right mm -hmm. now, because I mean, you know, we've lost over a million people in just in this country to COVID one in 400 human beings have perished to this disease. And that means all those families have been fractured and broken and are in deep grief. And this is the time to give them some hope that there is indeed an afterlife and that their loved ones are not very far away at all. Just talk to them. They, mm -hmm. will, they will respond to you in, in undeniable ways. There won't be there won't be any question that the person that you are communicating with is communicating back with you. They yeah. just need permission to do that. And so by opening up that line of communication, you're giving them that implicit commission permission to be able to communicate with you. You know, everything is one thing and everything is energy. Everything is consciousness. It's all one thing. And so when each one of us taps into the unified field of consciousness, we are speaking with spirit. We are all surrounded by spirit all the time. That is the one thing that I learned at the farm. 
you know, my mom said, you know, we can leave the farm, but the farm will never leave us. Mm -hmm. And she was absolutely right about that. Uh, it is, and it's because of the lessons that we learned there. And, you know, she even says to me is, you know, I went through hell in that house, but I don't have any regrets about living there because uh, it taught me everything that I ever needed to know about life and death and the afterlife. And I have no fear of death at all. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Cause a lot of people do. And you, a lot of people sit on the fence and they just don't know I've been on the mm -hmm. fence for years, you know? Yeah. So it's to have some confirmation within yourself. Yes. Is what we all really need. Well, yeah, and you, you mentioned um, a couple of times about how paranormal needs to step up at this point. And I think that, you know, it, it's, I think paranormal is such a personal, we always say that it's such a personal experience, right? Like we, we throw that out there as investigators or explorers, you know, and, and we say that, but then yet we kind of constantly try to fit it into this box or we, it doesn't fit. Right. Or we try to fit it into the Warren category or the, right. So we kind of have yeah. these little ways that in paranormal, we, we want to be accepted. We want we want our theories to be heard. And, and so it's, it's no secret. I'm, I kind of just don't follow that, but I feel like, and I would love to get my, I got to get my hands on your books. I, I want to read this because um, I think that it, it is very, a, a, an important subject, which is, you know, to me, paranormal is personal. It's so personal that I often don't, what we're experiencing to me is one of those things that it's shown to you for a reason. So when we have these people out there always wrangling the demons, you have to ask yourself, you have to be honest with yourself, not with anybody else, right? What are you really wrangling here? Right. Why is this being shown to you? I have not had such a negative experience and I, that I'm not saying, oh, I'm so much better. I'm just saying we all deal with our demons and how, what lessons or what what healing needs to happen within us, right? Yes. And so I think this is where, when the investigators that that kind of follow that narrative, they're not really kind of accepted into the fold quite yet, mm -hmm. right? So oh, you're Sarah, I can't tell you how much <laughs> criticism I have gotten from within a community. They're like, oh God, you're all about light and love and acceptance <laughs> and being touched by spirit. And you know, you never untouch again and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, well, you know, we're trying to monetize fear here. Yes. You know, that's what we do. We deal with fear and loathing and horror because it makes people feel alive. And, you know, I mean, that's effed up as far as I'm concerned. I don't know how much I can actually say on your, but I don't really hold anything back. So I, you know, I'm hoping your producer will be tolerant of me in case I go off. Um, but uh, it is... Um, it is something that I think that each one of us needs to explore within ourselves, but I don't know why anybody would be afraid of um, knowledge. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately that is what we are gathering and we are compiling and we are um, and sharing mm -hmm. is, you know, being brave enough, courageous enough, to take our personal encounters and our stories and to put them out into the world. And unfortunately, there are people in this field that would make anybody that was, you know, looking from 60,000 feet to go, oh my God, that's a self-devouring beast. And right. yes, it can be. And I don't associate with those people. I'm not here for everyone. 
I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. I'm not here to coerce anybody of anything. Nothing. You don't, you know, believe me or don't believe me. I don't care. You know, I'm, it's uh, like the old book um, title, what you think of me is none of my business. You know, it is, um, you know, I, I don't have issues with them. You know, they can monetize away whatever they want to. I speak my truth and my truth is love. And I love the spirits at the farmhouse, even the cranky disgruntled ones. (laughs) I do because they exist. You know, I don't care who they were in life, that they still are in afterlife. That's the freaking miracle right there. Imagine a world where spirit exists, but none of us ever encounter it. None of us ever know that, you know, it's the big secret. Yeah. You know, well, I grew up in a house where they were not shy about interacting. They were not shy about making their presence known. It didn't happen every minute of every day. It certainly didn't happen every night. Most of my encounters happened in broad daylight. The same is true for the galactic family. I don't need to wait for, you know, dark, spooky. No, you know, just face them in the light. Face your fears. Mm -hmm. It, it It is what makes you stronger. It's Mm -hmm. what makes you braver. It's what makes you powerful. Mm -hmm. And what it does is if you embrace your fear, you disempower it. You take it all back because if you love it, Mm -hmm. it has no power against you. It can't be used against you as a force. Right. Yeah. It's, it's such an interesting, you know, take, I think, especially with the conjuring house again, because we, we follow the Hollywood narrative of what the conjuring house is, right? We, we don't give your story as much credence. And I think what's really sad is here we are, you know, with these opportunities. And this is where I struggle a little bit with working within paranormal. And, you know, look, I love to have the creepy feeling I love to go into the buildings and look and, you know, you get a little startled and I love all that. I do. I, it's I, the unknown is beyond exciting. Um, but when I'm really doing my own research, it is very interesting um, that we have these moments, like you said, to connect with universe is what we're doing, you know, and when you kind of take that paranormal phrase out of it and you're talking about universe and what was before us, you know, and, and how we just have this constant circle of interaction. Um, you know, it's a moment to look with inside. And I think that that's where, you know, that's where when we look social media wise with paranormal, that's, I don't know that this is, this is a conversation for people who really want to step outside of that and say, okay, what, what actually step inside because that's (laughs) where the, the sacred space is. That's right. where the inflection point is. That's where our growth comes from with understanding that we are each divine beings, that we are expression of the consciousness that created us. And it's the way it sees its own creation, that we are one with it. Um, and, you know, I guess if I have a so-called belief system, that's it. Yep. And it's pretty simple. Kindness, love, ex- you know, expressions of gratitude, and compassion for all living things and for this beautiful planet that we defile on such a regular basis that if we don't you know learn our lessons well um she'll just she'll just kick us off because she can she can make it without us we can't make it without her 
Right. You know, so, so, so Mother Gaia is is my my grounding source. And you know what? When the priest told our family to leave mm -hmm. the church, when we got home, my father was so upset he just went into his room and closed the door. And my mother came out because you know we were concerned. I mean, you know, sure. it was very rare that we saw dad that upset. Um, and um, and we went to her and she just she wrapped us her little girls in her arms just extended them as far as she could and wrapped us and pulled us in and she said something i will never forget and she said if you want to know god my girls go to the woods yeah. go to the woods yeah well that's interesting so do you feel like with the conjuring house and the experiences that you had the spirits that you met and you know now you have the only other story I would know, and I, I feel like I might know his a little bit better just because I haven't delved into yours yet, would be Rob's and, and his story of The Conjuring House. Mm -hmm. You know, do you feel those are moments of, uh, how do I put this? Like the spirits come to you when they're needed, whether it's a negative or not, you know, we all have to, you have to walk through the crap to get to the good. I mean, that's just sort of life, right? So do you feel like, for people who come, not everybody's going to have the same experience, right? I, I'm not everybody has Rob's experience. Everybody has your experience, but do you feel those spirits sort of search out those people that might be ripe for the picking for those lessons at that time? Yes, I think that they know everything, and that they are. You know, once you are touched by spirit, you cannot close that door ever again. You can deny it. You can turn your back to it eventually something will reach through and tap you on the shoulder and make its presence known and remind you that it is there, that it is always there. Um, to me, I find that extraordinarily comforting. I would not want to have lived blind. Mm -hmm. Now, even though there were many challenges that we faced for the decade that we lived in that house, it was um, soul school. Mm -hmm. And the test precedes the lesson mm -hmm. always in life. Um, but it, it truly was. And, you know, I, I can't even imagine how I would have turned out as mm -hmm. a now 63 year old woman, 50 plus years on from, you know, I mean, for half a century of my life, I have known, known mm -hmm. that there is something beyond our mortal existence. Mm -hmm. And for that, and I still can't tell you what it is. And if, you know, and if anybody, let me just give you one piece of advice to you and all your listeners, anybody ever comes up to you and says, I've got the answers, turn and run <laughs> in the right. opposite direction. Not only are they lying to themselves, they're lying to you. They don't have the answers. No one has the answers. If my family doesn't know, no one does on the planet. And I don't think we're necessarily supposed to know all the answers. I think we're supposed to search mm -hmm. and to evolve spiritually yeah. and to, you know, question our existence mm -hmm. and to, you know, to grow uh, from within. And it's always an inside job as within, so without, uh, you know, once you get centered and you find your true north on your personal compass, then you can live life with integrity 
You can live life honestly. You can do all the good that you can do in the world and know that as you make your transition, your transformation out of this vessel back into the realm from which we come, um, that you can do so in a way that is peaceful and tranquil and that will not keep you an earthbound soul. I've always felt that, you know, my mom, once my mom realized that the house was quote unquote haunted, she said, they're not just passing through. Mm -hmm. They're attached to this property. There's something about this house that they did not feel that they could leave. Either they left unfinished business mm -hmm. or they took their own lives. And so, mm -hmm. you know, if you think that's like, you know, uh, mm -hmm. taboo now, think back two, 300 years ago, um, it was considered the ultimate sin. Mm -hmm. And so imagine having a life that was so full of pain and so unbearable that you decided to take the risk of ending it yourself. And then you don't go to the light because right. you don't know if it is the light of, of eternal divine, or if it is eternal fire and brimstone and sure. and yeah. because we compartmentalize and everything is good or evil, darkness or light, you know, I, Yes, we live in duality. We live in a in an oppressive, three D realm that is just you know it's it's intended to pressurize us mm -hmm. to break us open so that our seeds can sprout so that we can grow, and that you know that curiosity, that fascination, that search and research is all part of the process, and you know the most faithful thing I think that you can do in life is to search for something that you will never find and do it anyway. You know, I'm almost thinking, Andrea, it would almost be interesting. I don't know how viable this would be, but the way you speak of this farm, you know, what if this house and this land was taken out of that Hollywood narrative and, mm -hmm. and used for the spooky and more into what I think, what I have witnessed from your shows that I've watched and your discussion with Rob, what if this farmland and this house became a place where people tapped into themselves and the spirits that mm -hmm. don't want to leave are there, the bad and the good, the, the negative and the positive, are there to bring things out for people to work in. So sort of a little, a little inner retreat of, yeah. you know, this is, I, I, I'm, I'm a trauma filled person I have unhealed business that needs to be tended to. And I want to know what it is because I just feel that angst within me. So you go to this property and you open yourself to this realm, to this world, and it shows you what you do need to work on. And then you have all these amazing people that you have yourself surrounded with working within that realm and energy for healing instead of, I'm not trying to take away their their money maker here, but you know, I feel like the way you speak about this house, it, it is a different. Um, you know, you're you're looking at the spirits as teachers, as mirrors, as you know, um, just I don't know, healers. Really, is how I'm looking at it. How you I'm grateful. It. There's, uh, you know, there's there's a sign. That, you know, do not come into this house and try to cross the spirit. It's not your job. You know, right. if they're here, they're here for a reason. And I'm very glad that the current owners um, have done that. Um, 
but you know, your suggestion is actually underway. Oh, um, look at there that. is uh, a, a transition that is occurring right now. Um, I was there last week. There is a transition which is occurring right now that will uh, ultimately when it has come to fruition will resemble very much what you just described yeah. that it will be i've always uh described the farm as uh, uh a portal cleverly disguised as a farmhouse yeah. um and but and it is that it is a it, it's like a vortex it's like an it's an energy center um there is you know water all around it in the shape of a pyramid i mean it is uh it's you know loaded with uh galactic family extraterrestrial activity it's loaded with spirit activity um and you know i don't even like to think of it as you know i think there's a lot of negative connotations that are attached to the words in our vernacular that we use about this i don't call them ghosts or ghost hunting i think that that has kind of an implicit violence you know imbued in the whole notion um but uh actually i think of it more as a very gentle um very loving very um interactive uh association uh, a, a true communion and communication and so you know because i've had that because i grew up that way um it prepared the ground for, you know, all these decades later for me to have this conversation with the two of you and your audience that might alter perspectives mm -hmm. on this because they do have something to teach us. They do have something to, to um, infuse into our um, search and research for mm -hmm. who they are why they are still here uh you know and i think that as much as you know i perceive human beings to be predominantly fear-based carbon units i think that the same is true for earthbound spirits that they're afraid of something they mm -hmm. don't move on because they're more comfortable staying mm -hmm. where they were where they lived mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that they cannot come and go Right. but there is a profound attachment that has been formed mm. and because i feel it in life i can certainly perceive their attachment mm -hmm. as well um right. and it there's something magical and mystical and utterly sacred about this place that the movie didn't even touch it barely scratched the surface it's about 95% fiction conjured in the minds of two screenwriters that had a, a, a line to toe, according to the Hollywood brass. Every time they tried to infuse or interject any of my stories, well, the director, James Wan, read my books and he oh. was completely blown away. And he's like, oh, hell no, we can't tell this story. It will run people out of the theater. I don't think of my story or not my family's story as a horror story at all. It's yeah. a love story that happens to have a kind of a wicked supernatural twist. You know, there were um, characters, um, individuals in that house in spirit, in the form of spirit, one of which did not like my mother at all and wanted her the hell out of that house, wanted my father and us to stay, 
wanted mm -hmm. mom to leave because mm -hmm. I feel like in some ways she was threatened. She felt like she was the rightful mistress of the house mm -hmm. and she wanted to relive her life as such. And my mother was the imposition. Mm -hmm. um, and that's certainly how I perceived it over the course of a decade, seeing these incidents occur over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, they can manipulate energy. They can change form. They can manipulate objects. They can mm -hmm. uh, use our technology. I mean, they're like, they're so tuned in and they're so observant. And, you know, a case in point, I went to uh, Pennhurst Asylum uh, a few years ago uh, and they had a spirit box and a couple of Pandora's boxes. And, you know, they had all kinds of their, you know, gadgets and doodads and gizmos. <laughs> and, um, and I was with my my friend George Lopez, who I wrote in a flicker with uh, that history mystery thriller about Jack the Ripper, just a slight diversion for me. <laughs> and um, and he walked in and he said, uh, "We were in the Devon House, which is where the children played." And um, we walked in and he said, "Is there anyone here uh, who knows?" I have Andrea Perrin with me. Is there anyone here who knows uh, a about the film that uh, about her family story and through all all the devices simultaneously came one phrase the conjuring wow now, if you extrapolate that and we've got it all recorded i mean we have mm -hmm. proof of our assertion here I, I was like whoa yeah whoa okay if you extrapolate this theory out either they are all up in our business all the time <laughs> Yeah. in every conceivable way and none of us have any privacy at all yeah. or amc has a branch of theaters somewhere else <laughs> in the other world yeah and they watched it too yeah um, it is literally the only horror movie i have ever seen i do not pollute my brain right with imagery that i cannot handle the only reason i have been forced to see the conjuring 10 times is because i was at 10 premieres Right. over the course of a week from Hollywood all the way to the East coast, all the way to the South. And because Warner brothers put me out as the face of the film, um, and told me, tell people there's a real story behind this. Tell them about your books, tell them, tell yeah. them. I mean, they didn't, you know, try to get me to, to tamp the truth down. Right. But I think that people deserve to mm -hmm. have the truth brought to light. Yeah. And so that's why for, you know, all these years and my little company, which I think we should rename global pandemic productions, <laughs> uh, cause we got so much stuff done. And, and yeah. of course, like two and a half years is ridiculous right from the mam cave here. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like people deserve the truth yeah. in all things, the truth, not yeah. alternate universe facts, not anything like yeah. that. No, yeah. the truth. This is what happened. This is how it happened. This yeah. is the result. Now take from it what you will. Yeah. And that's it. And the right people will, right? Like yes. the right, the right, right people will be drawn will. to it when they are ready mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. it. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. The trilogy seems to find people or they find it in unusual ways. It's just right. so weird. Right. Um, but I can't tell you thousands and thousands of letters that I have received that touch my heart. Oh, and lift my spirits because they tell me over and over again, you freed me to tell my own story. 
-hmm. I had an experience when I was a child that all it, it, it changed me on a rudimentary level. I was mm -hmm. never the same. It was my personal paradigm shift. And I never told anyone. I never told my parents. I knew they wouldn't believe me. I never told my siblings. I grew up. I got married. I never told my spouse. But I'm telling you because I know you believe me because you've been through this and you have freed me to tell my story. I am no longer fearful for reading these books. Mm -hmm. And that's very powerful. Yeah. But love well, is our superpower. It's a verb. It only masquerades amen. as a noun. Love is a verb. It's an action word. Yeah. Yes. And when you put it into action, that's what these this whole story is a love story. And you know, in the grand scheme of things, the conjuring did get it right. It leaves people with three very distinct impressions. Good conquers evil, love conquers fear. The parent family endured an extreme haunting that they all survived. Boom. That's yeah. the proof. And all go. the gobbledygook and the minutiae <laughs> and the details and all the rest of it. Yeah. You know, my father being all warm and fuzzy with the Warrens, bullshit. Yeah. He just wanted them out of that house. He was like, mm -hmm. I don't believe you people. You're going to exploit my family. Get out, get out, get out. And my mother's like, no, 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 we need help. I trust them. You know, so again, duality, conflict, yeah. you know, um, you know, we, and, and that's the realm that we live in. Yeah. And so, you know, don't feed the beast. That's right. Amen. I, I had a quick question. Um, when you, at any time when you lived in that house, did you have um, dreams where the spirits came to you in dreams or any kind of different types of dreams? And did they carry over into like now after you left the house? Did anything, no, no dream pattern? No, my, my interaction to my recollection was always conscious. Um, uh, I've only, uh, I've never dreamed about the spirits at mm -hmm. the house. Interesting. Um, I don't need to, they visit me, you know, regularly. Um, you know, they're, they're part of me. They're a mm -hmm. part of me. I'm a part of them. Uh, they knew when I wrote the, the first draft of what was supposed to be one book and then had to be spliced into three because it was that thick. Yeah. Um, and, um, they knew, I mean, I yeah. went to the farm in March of 2010 after I had finished, uh, the first draft and it was like, I was, a slab of lobster being immersed in warm drawn butter. I, it was like the house hugged me. They wanted their story told. I felt mm -hmm. such a peaceful, mm -hmm. loving vibe in that house. Unlike anything that I have ever felt in my life. And it's because they knew I yeah. was telling their story and mm -hmm. I was telling it well to the full, my full ability and honestly and authentically even the bad stuff um and i think that that's why they never really harassed me they knew i was the journalist i was keeping journals i was you mm -hmm. know denoting and chronicling every event that happened oh. and you know 35 40 years later these were the words that i wrote as a child that i used to yeah. uh to create the the books and oh, to relive the experiences yeah. uh and have my sisters and my parents you know all involved in that process as well it really is probably the best documented haunting in human history 
I, I feel it like, like yeah. two blondes in a book need to, to it needs yeah, to come back to life. I agree. We, we should we, do it. Anybody want to read the the yeah. House of Dark, House of Light, or House of Darkness, House of Light with the blondes? We'll read yeah. it with you and we'll discuss. We can discuss. We can Holy, maybe do, do some it. some lives. Maybe we can get Andrea back on and we can discuss. I will. I'll have questions. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. lots of questions. Okay. So we had so much to talk about and I kept yeah. saying, are you kidding me? We only have 10 minutes left. And that makes me so sad. That's like the bet. Like, yeah, I agree. I think I I'll even come back. Like we could talk to you for hours and hours. Um, I'll come back. Oh, awesome. Do you have, did you see anything Dee, that kind of caught your attention? I think I just see a whole lot of conversation, but I didn't see, I, I see think everybody's them just asking riveted. questions to each other. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody was just riveted. Well, yeah, I have to be honest with you, um, Andrea, you know, I really didn't have any knowledge of you. Um, and like I said, I, I didn't really follow anything and because of, um, uh, the affiliation with the Warrens. I just didn't follow the story of the Conjuring House. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting how, um, and maybe one day it will be shared with you, um, sort of how uh, our paths crossed. <laughs> and it is very interesting because, you know, things do happen at the right time for yes. the right reasons. And, yes. um, you know, I, again, you know, you, you stepped up when uh, Rob asked and we were kind of uh, scrambling on a Saturday night, like, oh my God, the show's Monday and our guest is totally, uh, you know, has to cancel. Um, so this is amazing and such an honor to have you on the show. And I have to say, I've been chatting with your your friend, Aaron, and mm -hmm. what a lovely soul Aaron is. And the we're going to have her on the show as well, because yeah. she's got a, a crazy cool story as well that we need to share. She so. does. And thank you, Danielle, for that lovely comment, sweetheart. That truly touches my heart. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, we could do know, a show with you and Rob. We should have a, yeah. a big conversation here. That would yeah. be that would be awesome. That would that might have Anytime. to be like a blonde after party too, right? We'll do a little yeah. of the network and then we'll do a little yeah. blonde after party and, you can say and what have we want. you guys. Yeah, and you guys can really get into it. Um so this is just as as in Casablanca, I, I beginning of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> uh, you know, this is uh I do believe that everyone is drawn together for purpose and reason. We are birds of a feather. We take flight together. Um, and it is, uh, you know, I completely understand your perspective, Sarah. I've struggled with it myself. I understand, uh, Didi, I've, you know, really wanted to talk with you as well. I mean, Rob thinks the world of both of you can't say enough nice things. Uh -huh. And so, um, let me just tell you this. I don't know where either of you are located in the country. Um, but the experience that you seek at that farmhouse will come to pass for you. And I will be there with you. I just know it. And Rob oh. will be there too. I just awesome. know it. So, um, you know, the, the, the best is yet to come. The most enlightening, illuminating aspects of this farm are yet to be revealed. Yeah, and I know. I know that I will get to be a part of that. And so will you, because I pre-loved you when oh. Rob told me about both of you. <laughs> and now it's official down on it. Hardcore. Oh, <laughs> well, it is returned. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Um, and Rob, you're okay. You're all right. 
Yeah, we're keeping him. <laughs> we'll keep well, him. He's easy on the eyes and for no other reason. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He kind of he's kind of like that dude that all the chicks just kind of Yeah, yeah. It's like a magnet, yeah. right? All magnetized <laughs> yeah. and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We get it. We see, we see all the chicks, Rob. We yeah. get it. <laughs> um okay, well guys, you can catch her on What's your show on Monday again? I'm sold. Monday from 6 to 7 on KGRA it, and also on my YouTube channel. Please hop on to my YouTube Andrea Perrin YouTube and subscribe. It will give you the notification. Soul School Sojourn is from six to seven. It's kind of a contemplative, meditative, deep dive emotionally week to week with my partner, Jeff Turner. And then on Friday nights from nine to 11, also on KGRA, also on Facebook and my YouTube, we simulcast like all over the freaking universe. Um, <laughs> Uh, easy to find, hop right on. It's called A World Awakening. And okay. when I tell you no subject off the table, I mean, if you just Love start that. going back through the archives, your mind will be blown yeah. wide open. Great guest. You have, I was, I was stalking your, your world awakening. And let me tell you, there are some great guests there. Great topics guys, you all in the chat. Thank you so much for your support and coming out to uh, check out Miss Perrin here. Seriously, everybody, you are we love you too. You guys have just been amazing supports. And Andrea, I look forward to more conversations with you. Um, you know, little maybe uh, off the show conversations with you, a little more yeah. personal. Because I, again, I think there is there's some there's some weird poppings and and buzzings in the universe right now. And I, I feel like I'm I'm catching some, and I think Dee is too. To be honest with you, I think we're we're catching yeah. something here, and and it just yeah. kind of it's feels vibe, like baby. It's my yeah. vibe. Yeah, that's it right. You, listen, you got a show of of goddesses here today. You you were that's talking right. my my language in the beginning. I'm all about goddessing. So this has yeah. been awesome. Thank yeah. you guys so much. We appreciate your time, Andrea. And I cannot wait to read your books. Seriously. Yeah, I agree. And, and seriously, anybody that wants to read them with us, we will yeah. chat about this. We'll so let's we'll, we'll set that up. Um, so we've got for next week, we are going to be speaking to Mr. Wes Coleman of Cops Paranormal. So, um, we'll, we'll have a little fun with Wes and then we're going to be starting June. Like how is, wait, is that right? Am I right? I don't know how it happened. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm not even sure. Where am I anymore? It's uh, you, like... <laughs> you missed a week, but that's okay. <laughs> Did I? Uh oh, yeah. do I have enough? We have guests? our Memorial Day episode. Oh, it's a, a special. so we have this special, and then we, <laughs> we have a special coming out that's pre-recorded. I'm sorry, and that's just as great because it's the two blondes talking about their favorite things. So, um, yeah, Mondays seven with the blondes, and we keep getting amazing guests, and I don't even yeah. know how we're going to top this. Yeah, <laughs> bless your hearts. Thank you, thank, thank you, you for inviting me. No, really thank you for saying yes. <laughs> It's, you know, I mean, the more of us can reach out and come together, the more powerful we become yeah. in terms of healing the world of its woes. And, yeah. you know, that needs to be our primary focus. Our main objective is to love each other powerfully because that is truly our superpower as it human is, beings, it? as mere mortals. Yes, it is. Amen. Well, with that, guys, we send you love. We send you yeah. love, Andrea, Didi. Amazing show. Thank yes. you. Yeah, right. Thank you. <laughs> like, couldn't be any better. Yeah. Guys, have an amazing rest of your Monday night, and we will see you next week. Bye. Good night. See you.